Pornography has become what some experts say to be an epidemic in our culture today. Sexuality is being celebrated in every way. Technology has exposed us and handed us the key into the world of pornography like we have never seen before. Married men, single men, married women, single women, and even children are being exposed in record-breaking numbers to the point that it has become an addiction that is hard to break. But for the most part, the access that we have goes undetected, and it is watched in secret. It is filling a void of unmet expectations that we carry in our minds, that we carry in our hearts. But Christian leaders, CEOs of major companies, celebrities, soccer moms, your neighbor next door, the worship leader in the church, and even the children and youth pastors are all suffering due to the devastation that engaging with porn brings. People in relationships, marriages, and individuals are fighting a battle. Listen to this, a battle all by themselves. Yet, Pornography is still a subject that no one wants to talk about. Where does the church go wrong in addressing or ignoring porn? My special guest is here to give us some answers. I love answers. You have to have problems, but you have to have answers in the middle of the problems. Answers that will help you begin the road to recovery and healing from the shame that comes with pornography to finding freedom, to restoring true love and healthy intimacy that you and I desire. My special guest today is Sam Black. He's a renowned author and expert in the field of pornography recovery. He is the director of recovery education at Covenant Eyes. Sam is the author of two groundbreaking books, The Healing Church, what Churches Get Wrong About Pornography and How to Fix It. The second book is titled The Porn Circuit, Understand Your Brain and Break Porn Habits. Sam Black, welcome to the program, sir. Mondo, thank you so much for having me here. What an honor to be with you. Listen, I really appreciate what you have been able to dive in in all of your research your dedication, it is a subject that a lot of people don't want to touch, yet it is a very intimate subject. I want to start with this, because in your press kit, I found some information that shocked me. Two-thirds of men and a third of women who attend church regularly say they struggle with pornography. Among younger Christian men, 36% say they use porn daily. One study, you say, showed that 73% of women, this is shocking, of women mainly between the ages of 18 and 35 have used porn in the last six months and 26% in the last week. 52% of teens have been exposed to violent pornography from choking to slapping, programs like The Idol on HBO have even caused to even bring porn into a rape scene. 
It is shocking what's happening on television today. But 21% of youth pastors and 14% of pastors admit they currently struggle with porn use. Yet, only 7% of churches offer specific resources and support to their congregations. What does this numbers tell us about society and the church, Sam? Oh my goodness. So we we have not done a very good job of being able to have a conversation within the church about how pornography is impacting people in our pews. And so that's why I wrote The Healing Church, what churches get wrong about pornography and how to fix it. So we could begin, it's an empathetic primer to help pastors and ministry leaders really understand how this is impacting their local church. Uh, teens, women, men in their church, and how the church can really respond well. I want to start with this, Sam, because we can go in so many different directions, yet we have to go back to the foundation of what are the common, most common lies men and women tell themselves and others regarding porn use? Well, probably one of the most, the common lie is I'm the only one. I'm the only one who's struggling. If I told anyone how I'm struggling, the stronghold that I have in my life then I'd be rejected. Because if you really knew me and knew how, how I struggled, you wouldn't love me anymore. And that, that's the opposite of God's grace, right? God says, come boldly before the throne. What we've often done in the church uh, as Christians have confessed our sins privately to God. But James 5.16 teaches us a better way, that we need to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed. That is a, a amazing formula. I have to do my part to come and be honest with you, Mondo, about how I'm living, how things, how I'm struggling. And you're listening to me. You're paying attention to how I'm I'm struggling. And we're asking good questions. And within that, you get to pray with me and walk with me. And that's uh, God does the healing part. He does the life change. He does the restoration work in our hearts. Sam, I'm curious about this before I ask you the second question, but I'm curious, how did you get to this subject? What drove you to research and, and, and tackle this issue that most people are avoiding? Most people don't have the knowledge that is happening in their families, in their churches, in their corporations, in their relationships. So I'm curious about how did you get to study about this subject? Well, I've, I've served with Covenant Eyes for over the last 16 years. I've had to walk my own road through recovery from pornography, the stronghold of pornography in my own life. And what I found when I would go and talk uh, over these past uh, 16 years in, in working for Covenant Eyes and meeting, meeting with pastors and ministry leaders, often they didn't understand the very basics of why someone might be struggling, might have this stronghold in their life. And often we have equated uh, the adult. We suddenly say, well, they've seen pornography all of a sudden, and then they need to make a right choice or a wrong choice, right? They need to make a godly choice or a choice to lean into sin rather than turning that off. And so we're missing the bigger picture. And here are three common threads that we see for people who are struggling intensely when the stronghold of pornography. Number one is what you talked about earlier. The early exposure can be so impactful on that young brain that is unprepared for what it is seeing. Number two, it's the ongoing repetition that 
uh, happens often throughout adolescence. Uh, they've literally repeated this action hundreds, thousands of times through adolescence, and they go into adulthood having practiced this, building, burning neural pathways in their brain that crave it more and more. And number three is often some drama or trauma in life. And somewhere along the way, often in adolescence, they have learned, they have to escape with pornography. Uh, pornography turns from being a, uh, just out of curiosity or just a bit of pleasure to an escape, to anesthetize emotions and moods, to regulate our how we feel. And with that, it, it impacts our mind, body, and spirit. And so that's why this is such a difficult issue for the church, because we like simple and quick answers often. And listen, God can do anything. He heals people instantly of alcohol, drugs, pornography, and many other things. But often, he calls us on a journey with him, with brothers and sisters in Christ, to walk a journey where we need to be lean on Christ with childlike faith, where we need to learn to be honest and open with others and really press in to how we have been regulating and our moods, necessizing our emotions, and using pornography as an idol in our life. Wow. Listen, you answered my second question, so I'm going to go into you explaining the science that makes pornography such a difficult addiction to break. If you think of that young child who's being exposed to pornography, they often see pornography today before they even understand the basic mechanics of sex. And that was true for me. I was 10 years old when I saw pornography. I'd walked out of our home in Florida, and my uh, a brother who was 10 years older than me was leaning up against a car with his friend, and I'm dating myself with a magazine. I, he was looking at it sideways, and that didn't make any sense. And I said, what are you guys looking at? And he turned it around. And I just never seen the female form without clothes on. And so I didn't step away. I, I stepped forward. And that's important for parents to understand that children are naturally curious about what the opposite sex looks like. They're naturally curious, but that is and can be overwhelming for a brain that's not um, equipped and trained. We have to understand that the feeling part of the brain develops much earlier than the prefrontal cortex of the brain, the thinking, decision-making, executive functioning of the brain. That, that doesn't fully develop until the mid-20s or late 20s. So a child seeing pornography for the first time gets a spritz of dopamine that focuses their attention. Dopamine loves novelty, something never seen before, especially when it oh, natural cues are picked up, what, natural sexual cues and curiosity picked up, focus that attention. In God's design, dopamine kicks off when sexual cues are picked up because it draws you to your spouse. It focuses your attention to the point of tunnel vision. The rest of the world disappears. Unfortunately, pornography is not sex. It's a hijacking of what God created. So when dopamine focuses that child's attention uh, that And it begins burning that emotional experience into their brains with the help of another substance called norepinephrine. That's why you ask any adult about the first time that they saw pornography. And likely, just like me, they can tell you a story about that day. 
they may not remember anything else that happened that day, but they can tell you a story about that day. And so pornography and its repetitive use have a major impact on our neurology, how we think, what we believe, what uh, we're attracted to. It is incredibly impactful for a child. Wow. Wow. Listen, if you're watching right now, my special guest is the director and author of an amazing book that is out right now. I want you to get the book. I'm going to put a link on the screen. It is titled The Healing Church. This is for you. This is for me. This is for your neighbor. This is for someone that you love. We are struggling in secret. I've always said, you know, I used to go out and preach all over the world. And I used to tell people, if people knew the real you, would they still consider you their friend? Would they still consider you the best pastor, the best employee? What happens in secret, most of the time begins to run over in public. And that's when it gets out of control. Sam, I got to ask you this question because, and I'll get to the science question in just a moment, but... I gotta ask. I gotta. I, I have to ask these questions because are there any signs when someone is using porn, addicted to porn, in our relationships? What can a man or a woman or a father or a mother know about the signs of someone being addicted to porn? Well, that is so hard because. We learn not only the lies of pornography, we learn to hide. And that is uh, often when someone is caught viewing pornography, that's often the first time that it's happened you know, or discovered uh, in a marriage or what have you. Or maybe it's, hey, I've, I've, I've viewed it and I just don't do that anymore. Or if I've struggled with that in the past, but I'm not doing it now. Uh, you really need to have some follow-up conversations and not shaming conversations. These need to be winsome conversations. These need to be authentic and, and safe conversations. And I encourage uh, a, a couple to not keep this within their just their privacy of their marriage. You need to reach out for some help. You need to reach out to help through your church or through uh, a counselor someone who can begin helping you take some steps to really have some authentic conversations about this. Find some support within your community. Uh, there's some great, uh, uh, many organizations that are helping with this. Covenant Eyes provides, one, a great tool that can get started right now. Like, uh, the question was, how do you, is there any identifying factors? And often, there aren't. Often because it remains so hidden, and secret and under this blanket of shame. But if something, it, when often, sometimes this blows up and uh, there it, it extends beyond pornography into an affair or to sexually acting out. And so when we begin asking the question, how long has this been going on? We have to understand that that person who is struggling is probably been lying for a long time, and it's very hard for them to be honest about something they feel such deep shame about, what I call self-hatred at my expense. That, that shame is really deep. And so through an authentic relationships, through supportive counseling, uh, people can really begin opening up. Authenticity builds an intimate connection that is contagious when in a safe place 
Uh, and within a safe place, people hear that you are a person and not a problem. Your identity is found in Christ and not in your sin. So that's why I highly encourage people to really press in and find some support and not just try to face this on your own. And, and let me tell you this for parents. Never, ever shame your child when you find them with pornography. You need to ask some good questions. Uh, you need to set some time aside and have some good conversations. But shaming will simply teach them to hide better. Can you explain the science that makes pornography such an, a, a difficult addiction to break and the ongoing uh, use of porn? What does it do to the brain? So literally reshaping your brain, redesigning your brain. Uh, we talked about some of the, the, the dopamine and or epinephrine and how that is so impactful on that young brain. But that repetitive use over time is literally burning neural pathways in the brain that begin craving it more. And it also works with our emotional, our, 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 our psyche as well, how we think. And so we have practiced that when we are, a trigger happens, what I call C-triggers, social, emotional, or environmental, S-E-E, -E, social, emotional, environmental triggers, where someone is, has a bad day or there's a bad memory that comes to mind and they want to automatically escape and without even thinking about it, somewhere along that day, they are likely going to run to pornography, to anesthetize that mood, to escape from the, the feelings that they have. I'll give you a crazy example. I talk about this in the book, so it's, it'll be at least repetitive from the book. I can remember that when I was 12 years old, I was helping my dad uh, coil a rope. And uh, it, was, it had been laying, laying in our shed. And before that, it had been in Florida's uh, sun and rain. And it was just a, a, a hemp rope that was a mess. And he told me he wanted me to coil it up. And so I began rowing wrapping it around my elbow and my hand. And he says, no, 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 don't do it that way. I want you to do it hand over hand. Well, I'd never done that before at 12. And uh, when I would do it, that tortured and messed up rope would twist and turn. And so he would hit me in the head or the back or the face whenever that rope would twist or turn. And so in my teen and adult years, Whenever I was coiling a rope, I wouldn't simply remember that. It was like I would fall back in time to that episode. Now, that may sound strange for some of you, but that was such a deep and emotional trauma for me that whenever I would roll that rope, I would become maybe angry or frustrated or have feelings of doubts of self-worth. And... I wouldn't even recognize it that later that day, it was likely that I was going to run to the self-soothing of pornography. And so with men like you, Mondo, I got to dive into my stories, to tell my stories well, to process with them so that I could then begin making different choices and so within a safe place where people were really listening to me, where I was really understanding that, then I, when I would coil a rope, I could do something different. 
And I began to sing, and I would sing, how deep the Father's love for us, right? So, and and now my Heavenly Father is with me in that role. I don't have to feel that anger. I don't have to feel that frustration. I don't have to self-soothe with that. And when other things would happen in my life like that, when I'd have different kinds of emotions and feelings where I might have self-soothed in the past, I can make better choices. I just got a few moments left. What are the keys to killing shame and finding freedom to restore true love and a healthy intimacy that we all desire? Yes. Well, we need those authentic and safe relationships. And um, let me point you to a resource that I think will really help some of your listeners. It's the Victory app by Covenant Eyes. The Victory app by Covenant Eyes. It's free. You can download to your your, uh, Apple or Android device. And within there are more than 30 courses that walk you through and with audio as well, that walk you through, how did I get here? Why do I seem to stay here? And how can I learn to be live in freedom? How can I create and develop relationships in my life where I can find wholeness, not just relief from this uh, sin that seems to have such a stronghold in my life. God wants more for us than just to stop this one sin. He wants us to live in his wholeness, his uh, life change in every part of our lives. And so that's just a tool that I think would be very helpful. One more is if you are a man and you're wanting to reach out with, to talk with other Christian men, I invite you to visit samsonsociety.com where you can find other men who are leaning into this struggle and finding freedom. For women, it's the SheRecovery.com, where you can find other women who say, hey, I have been struggling like this as well, and I'm willing to come along beside you too. So those authentic relationships and learning to do this well as in our church is very important. I want to thank you, Sam, for being on the program today. The book is titled The Healing Church, What Churches Get Wrong About Pornography. I want you to get a copy today, support what's happening right now. We need the information to be available to us. We need to understand that we're not alone. There's others that have struggled with this and have found the answers in the journey that they've, that they've gone through in life. Knowing that you're not by yourself is key. Knowing that others have gone through this and they've been processing in the journey and developing who they are in Christ i got to give you a scripture because I believe that the scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Whatever you're hiding in your heart is what you're thinking about, is what you're dwelling upon. And if all you're doing is dwelling and, and putting pornography, and, and that gets into your heart, and all of a sudden it takes over your mind. The Bible says that the battle is in the mind. But I want you to know this. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart more than anything else because of the source of life flows from it. Here's another one. How to learn, how to flee from the, the temptation. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, flee from immorality. Every other sin that a man commits outside of the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. 
Therefore, glorify God in your body. Here's one more. God's will for you is to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who, that, who do not know who God is in his ways. We can't do this by ourselves. As a matter of fact, I got to give you one more. Proverbs 3, 5, 7. You'll find the answers in the word. We can give you our opinion and we can advise you. But the greatest answer that I have found in my life is in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You see how all these scriptures deal with the heart? That's where information comes from. That's where information is harvested from. That's where information lives. It's in your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Boy, we do that a lot. We think we can fix it on our own. Oh, I'll get it together. No, we need one another. What about coming together with others? The Bible talks about so much that inner healing takes place when we meet with one another, when we talk to one another, not gossip about it, not shame people about it. Jesus does not want to shame you. He's not interested in exposing your sin. He's interested in covering you with his blood and restoring you to what you were made to be, a godly man, a woman of God, a young man and a young woman that will carry on the, the holiness and the, and, and the message to carry to be able to share with other people. You have to understand that God has a plan for your life. God has a desire for you to be one with him, to be in, in communication and, and, and be in constant healing, but also live in repentance, knowing that we have all fall short from the glory of God. None of us are perfect. We will struggle probably the rest of our lives, but we cannot struggle by ourselves. God has designed a group of men and women and groups to be able to support us through the journey that we're on. I want you to know something, that God loves you. And if you confess with your mouth and believe it in your heart, he will forgive you of your sins. The way he's forgiven me, the way he's forgiven Sam, he can do it for you as well. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now. Those that have the battles and the shame those that feel like they're not enough, those that feel that that void is only filled with pornography and lies, I pray that you will fill their void with love and intimacy that will be genuine to be able to be a good father, to be a great mother, and to be a great man and women in this society. Father, I pray that you will restore their mind and pray, Lord, that you will make whole and complete their thoughts, their desires. I pray for you to have peace today. And know one thing, you're not alone. God is with you, and there's men and women that will surround you to let you know that they love you, that you are important in this society. You are important in our lives. Don't give up. I want to put a link on the screen where you can go and reach out for help and do it. Don't hesitate one bit. Don't feel ashamed. We are all in this fight together. Some are struggling with drugs. Others are struggling with pornography. Others are struggling with their mouth, meaning they can't control from gossip. People are struggling every single day. 
But the one thing we got to keep in mind is that we got to keep the faith. We got to be encouraged. We got to know that the plans that God has for you and I are plans to succeed and not fail. Get the book today. The Healing Church is going to bless your life. And no one thing, no matter what is happening around you, keep the faith. It's going to be all right. I'll see you next time. Uh-huh.